This is SLAS Technology Podcast. I'm David Pector. Today on SLAS Podcast, we have the editors of a very interesting and topical special issue, Flexible Analytical Devices for Point-of-Care Testing. Hide Tsutsui and Peter Lilihoy, uh, both professors of mechanical engineering, one at Peter at uh, Rice University and Tsutsui at uh, UC Riverside, joining us to take us through this uh, special issue and tell us how it connects with their own research and where this field is going. Welcome to SLAS Podcast. Thank you. It's great to, to be here. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having us. So a great way to start is to walk us through the papers in the special issue and highlight the common denominators and also the range of technologies represented. The special issue uh, starts out with a review article on wearable uh, electronic sensors for human motion monitoring. Uh, And this is a very interesting field uh, because a lot of sensors uh, are being used uh, to monitor uh, human motion because that can have a lot of uh, applications for either disease diagnosis uh, or uh, monitoring uh, human performance. This review article uh, introduces some of the common uh, wearable sensors in this field uh, and then discusses some of the main advantages and disadvantages of the various types of, of sensors. After the, this review article, uh, there is an uh, original research article uh, that presents a uh, wearable uh, biosensor, but this biosensor is uh, an electrochemical sensor for measuring uh, biomarkers in sweat. Uh, recently, uh, there has been a lot of interest in uh, monitoring uh, your health uh, by measuring different types of analytes in your bodily fluids, such as sweat. And then uh, afterwards, we have a collection of, of research articles uh, which are based on paper-based uh, analytical devices. Uh, so these are essentially biosensors that are based uh, on paper, so they're very uh, low cost and, and simple to fabricate, Uh, compared with other types of of biosensors that are fabricated from more rigid materials like uh, silicon or or metal or even uh, hard types of of, of plastics. All of these different applications involve uh, monitoring some sort of analyte uh, which can be used to diagnose a disease uh, either in humans Uh, or it can also be used for detecting diseases in animals, or it can also be used for detecting uh, diseases in plants. And then the next article that's presented in this issue is uh, presenting a paper-based battery. Uh, And this is a very interesting uh, technology because a lot of uh, current batteries are also made from rigid materials. So this paper is presenting a battery uh, that's actually fabricated out of paper. So this is going to make, you know, power storage and generation a very uh, low cost compared to existing existing types of batteries uh, that are fabricated from uh, metals and other rigid materials. So the last article uh, in this special issue is presenting a a new method for fabricating uh, flexible 
uh, microfluidic chips uh, using 3D printing. Uh, so now we're applying this technology to make flexible microfluidic devices, uh, which can be uh, tied very uh, nicely with uh, the biosensors uh, that we've been uh, discussing in this special issue. Uh, it's a very interesting issue that you two have uh, assembled. So how did this come to be? How, and uh, how does it, how, how did it link up? You can each tell us uh, how it linked up with your own research. Uh, actually, actually, like you, Dave, uh, I'm on the uh, Ethereal board member of SLS Technology. So okay. I think this special issue uh, came about a year or two ago when I was chatting with the uh, editor-in-chief, Ed Cho, uh, about the possibility of making a special issue on uh, paper-based sensors, which uh, my research group is working on. And then uh, Ed suggested that maybe I should uh, add one more guest editor so that uh, we can broader uh, the scope and also uh, make my work easier. So <laughs> I talked to Peter, actually, that worked great. And Peter has been working on uh, wearable sensors and also smart fabric. And so he suggested expanding the scope of this special issue, uh, not just to uh, not just via paper-based sensors, but also uh, other types of flexible materials and analytical devices. So uh, I think that ended up uh, in a great uh, special issue. I agree. Hida, you, you and your group are working in this area. You have one of the articles on a paper-based microfluidic device. So, so tell us a little bit about your work. All right. So, so my uh, group's paper here is um, basically a paper-based uh, lab flow flow device uh, trying to detect the uh, concentration of uh, viral DNAs based on aggregation of microspheres. Uh, so my group uh, has been working uh, with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation for several years and they uh, have been interested in uh, like basically low-cost biosensors to be deployed in developing countries. So we've been working on very low cost, like instrument free uh, sensor devices. So, um, okay. So, what kind of cost targets are you working for for a complete paper device? So, I think our goal is to have the device less than a dollar per okay. testing. Uh, this is just because uh, typical smallholder farmers make one or two dollars a day. So, if we bring in a device that costs a couple hundred dollars per test, they are not going to use it. So, okay, I didn't know if it was going to be pennies. So a dollar, that seems you could do a lot in paper. Do you think that's a good, that's a workable constraint? Yes, I, I think so. Even there are some like commercial devices, uh, you know, something like a lot of flow devices that cost maybe just a dollar per test in terms of uh, fabrication cost. Um, of course, they sell um, much more, but it's feasible to fabricate these sensors uh, within a dollar mark. And Peter, how about your um, research? You don't have a paper in this special issue, but you work in related areas. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, I also do a little bit of, of work in, in paper-based biosensors. Specifically, my group has also uh, been uh, developing lateral flow 
uh, assays, uh, which I think we have a couple articles in this issue on on the ladder of flow technology. So, so that's one of the areas uh, that I work in, and, and I also work in the area of, of wearable sensors, uh, and specifically uh, developing uh, sensors that can be integrated onto uh, textiles and garments. Okay, so right in the middle of this uh, flexible uh, analytical devices. So that's cool. Where do you see next steps in this area for yourselves and for this field? I think uh, in terms of the field, you know, I think, you know, paper-based uh, sensors uh, fabricated at such a low cost and they're, they're fairly simple to make. Uh, so I think one of the, one of the challenges uh, in order to make this technology more uh, available is to be able to uh, validate that it can actually work uh, in out in the field, out in the settings that it's supposed to be used in, uh, and then being able to you know commercialize it, and, and that's going to involve you know finding a diagnostic company who's willing to uh, invest the money to to make like a prototype into a more commercial device. Uh, so I think for paper-based sensors, that's uh, where uh, what, what's going to be required to, to take this technology to the next uh, level. Uh, for wearable sensors, I, I think uh, the wearable sensing is still a little bit in the infancy and in that there's still a lot of development that needs to be done um, and trying to figure out what are some good uh, applications uh, for this technology and try to figure out where this can be applied for some diagnostic um, uh, applications that 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 would benefit from from this type of wearable uh, sensing technology. So, um, so uh, adding to uh, Peter's comment, um, so I, I think um, one way to look at this is the next step is both the uh, upstream and downstream of uh, flexible analytical devices. Uh, for example, for paper-based devices, um, the samples do not require pre uh, uh, sample preparation beforehand, mm -hmm. such as like urine and saliva are probably okay, but like blood or like animal tissues or plant tissues, they require some uh, sample preparation, you know, breaking up the cell walls and tissues and extracting proteins and DNAs, RNAs. So the thing is for the device to work in uh, in field applications, some of the applications require like low-cost sample preparation device or technology to go along with uh, these low-cost sensors. Uh, in terms of downstream, uh, I think people are looking at ways to integrate like uh, uh, the data transmission and how to uh, store uh, the sensing data and then share through a cloud service and other uh, methods. I think that's something that should be developed further. I want to thank professors Peter Lilihoy and Hide Tsutsui, uh, both uh, professors of mechanical engineering, for joining us on SIS Technology Podcast. Thank you.